everybody. Welcome to Life Stories. I want to bring up the word of the week first. It's the word of the week. The word of the week this week is giddy because that is how I have felt since I found out I would be able to talk to my next guest. Yes, I am old enough to be his mother, but I was so excited to talk to him. If you are a reader of fiction books, you may have heard of Lucinda Riley before. Lucinda Riley has written a lot of books, but she around here is most well known for writing the Seven Sisters series. She passed away in 2021, and before she passed away, she asked her son, Harry Whitaker, who I spoke with on the podcast, to finish writing the series. So he wrote the last book, and he did an incredible job of writing. He did an incredible job of wrapping up this very detailed uh, storyline of multiple people and relationships, and he just did a beautiful job of it. So if you're familiar with the series you will be very excited to read Atlas if you haven't yet, and I hope you'll enjoy our conversation. I will tell you, if you have read the series and you haven't read Atlas, there are a couple of little spoiler alerts. So just a heads up, I'm warning you now. It's not a lot, but you may want to wait until after you read the book to listen to this. It was a treat to talk to him. You know, if I'm going to talk to somebody that makes me giddy, it's going to be an author probably <laughs> because that's just who I am. I love books. I have so much respect for authors and people who can write good books. So I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. For is, it, is it pleasure? Is it, is it Shara? Uh, Shara. Shara. Okay. Yeah. I Shara. mean, either one, it doesn't matter. No, no. I just wanted people to get it right. Both, so <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me. I have to tell you, you're probably the same age as my children, but I am totally fangirling. <laughs> oh, we, I don't got... believe you have children as old as 30. Well, I have a daughter that's 31 and she's my oldest. So yeah. Oh, I, nice. Uh... Born in 1992. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good she, year. uh, we had kids very young. We were very young when we started having children, but I was in a book club where we started reading the seven sisters. So there could be 25 women behind me right now. They are so excited that I get to talk to you about, about everything because we loved those books. We were so invested in all of it and the details. And I mean, it was all, they were all wonderful. And so before I talk to you about Atlas that you wrote, I wanted to talk to you about your mom because obviously I never met her and I'm so sorry for your loss but we have so much respect for what she did because these are not just little books. These are very detailed, very creative stories. So would you maybe honor your mom a little bit and tell us about her? Yes, of course. I mean, it's a broad question, but to focus on the seven sisters specifically, um, they are successful, I think, primarily for three reasons. Uh, the first reason being, it's escapism. It's pure fairy tale esque escapism, which we all need in this world at the moment. It's pretty scary out there. It's pretty yeah. intense. Yeah. And to open a Lucinda Riley novel, particularly The Seven Sisters, and be transported to Rio de Janeiro or Bergen or Granada or closer to you, New York, wherever you go, it's 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 better than reality. It's a yes. better universe <laughs> that she wrote. Um, the books are also really hopeful. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of drama and tension and death in some instances within the series, but you finish the Seven Sisters book and you just feel better about life and the world. Um, 
I think also the fact that you can travel the world from your armchair is very important. Uh, the Seven Sisters, there was never really a moment of sort of explosive overnight success, which you see with some book series and novels, individual novels. Um, but I really became aware of it changing during the COVID pandemic, um, certainly yeah. in Central Europe, when people weren't allowed to leave their houses, um, mm -hmm. for some of us over here. And at the same time, people could travel the world with Lucinda Riley. Right. Um, so that was the sort of big moment, I think, for the Seven Sisters. Um Finally, her uh, her characterization of strong contemporary women. I mean, what a wonderful idea to take the mythology of the stars, but yeah. to characterize each of the sisters as a, as a modern day woman with modern day problems and modern day sensibilities. Right. I think that's that's the genius of the series. Yeah. Um, yeah. If if you want me to talk about Lucinda Riley as a mum, she was the best mum in the world. I mean, you would say the same thing, I'm sure, about your mom. Um, but, you know, mine really was. And we were so enormously close. We had very similar brains. Um, I often say about um, mum and I, you know, we had the same software, but different casing. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I miss her enormously. Yeah. What was her writing process like? Because I just imagine... There's so many details that are intertwined in all of the books. And it's a lot. It's not a few little things. It's a lot. Did she have like a map of the world on the wall with arrows pointing? I mean, like, how did she keep track of everything? I think a lot of people think there's some sort of secret Seven Sisters basement, <laughs> you know, like a command room right. where she would keep keep her maps, like you just suggested. Yeah. But the most remarkable thing about Mum was that she kept everything in her head. Everything. Wow. Nothing was ever written down. Um, you won't know wow. this, um, but my mum, uh, she didn't type her novels latterly. She had a shoulder injury. And so mm -hmm. for the last decade of her life, she she dictated her novels. Um, oh, wow. And she was an actor um, when she was uh, was younger. And so she sort of played the roles of her own characters. Um, and so that was her process. Everything was in her brain. And um, yeah, she dictated the novels. Wow. That is very impressive. I mean, really, for her to not write down everything. Yeah, That's I crazy. mean, she lived in her own mind. It was the sort of the great escape for her. Um, I mean, I would have liked to have lived in there. What a wonderful place to live. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. So what did, did you feel an enormous amount of pressure when she talked to you? Because I guess she knew, she knew that she was ill. She knew that she wasn't going to be able to finish the last book. Is that correct? Atlas? Uh, no, to, to sort of lay okay. out the timeline, uh, mum okay. was, was, was ill for four years. She was diagnosed with esophageal cancer in 2017. Okay. Um, and during those four years before she died at times, she would get very, very sick, you know, as sick as a person can be, right. but mum was always a little bit magic. She was a very special individual and she would bounce back after these periods of intense illness, um, defying the laws of nature and surprising doctors which was very mum. And so we just all sort of assumed that pattern would continue forever, in including my mother. Uh, however, uh, Christmas 2018, she had been very ill during that time. Mm -hmm. And we just finished writing a children's series together uh, called yeah. the Guardian Angel series. Um, and she asked me up to her bedroom during that uh, time in between Christmas and New Year. And she said, listen, just want to have the conversation. If anything happens to me, I want you to finish the Seven Sisters series. 
And I said, okay. <laughs> and we talked about it for five or six hours. And, you know, that conversation will always be private. But people oh, yeah. always ask me, oh, you know, what did you talk about then? Uh, it, it was an emotional conversation, really, yeah. rather than, you know, um, a conversation about, um, oh, you've got to have Georg and Claudia right. who are going to be brother <laughs> and sister and they're discovered on the remote island and they've escaped a concentration yeah. camp. Um so it was an emotional conversation and that was it. We only ever spoke about it once. Christmas 2018, she didn't die until summer 2021 uh, because we both knew that the plan was in place, but we both had to believe right. um, that she would live and she would be able to finish the series yeah. herself. At that point, I think she was just thinking about starting The Missing Sister, so book seven of the series. Yeah. Yeah. She so I I finished reading The Missing Sister and found out online just a few days later that she had passed away. And I, like everybody else that had, you know, been so invested, were shocked and saddened by all of it. And I probably, I mean, I don't know, I'm assuming other people thought that the missing sister would answer all the que- you know, questions that we had throughout. And so I was so excited about Atlas. I was so excited. And I have to tell you. You did a beautiful job of this book because, like I said, there's so much information, so many details, so many people. You tied it all together perfectly. I mean, I was I was oh, just thrilled you. with all of it. It was wonderful. I think the the main challenge of writing Atlas um, was making everything make sense in a in a logical way as well as an emotionally satisfying way. Because right. I think you could have tied things up in an emotionally satisfying way, but readers would have been left thinking, wait, what? No. Yes. And you can only suspend your disbelief so far. I mean, yes, yes the, the Seven Sisters are a fairy tale. Yes. Um, some of my, you know, I, I'm very pleased to say that 99.9% of feedback about the Seven Sisters series is lovely, uh, but there's always that 0.1% which is not. And the main feedback is uh, from that 0.1%. It's just so unrealistic, you know, and ridiculous. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. Uh, you've, you've read the opening book. Do you really think it's realistic that a mysterious, right. enigmatic billionaire is going to adopt seven women from around right. the world? And, uh, you know, um, so yeah, that was that was the challenge. Um, so I'm I'm really thrilled that you enjoyed it, and um, I'm glad that it all tied up nicely for you in the end. It did, and I. So one of the women that I talked to, and after I told them I was going to be able to speak with you today, said, "Don't." She hasn't read it yet, so she said, "If there's any spoiler alerts, I don't. I don't want to know. You know anything yet?" But the people that I have talked to that have finished it feel the same way I do. You you just answered everything because we had a lot of questions, you know, about Fossald. Was he still alive? And, you know, all these different things. So you did an incredible job. And I, I just love this series. I recommend it to everybody that I know. My mom just finished reading all of them. Like she just finished Atlas two days ago. So Aww. We we just love so what you're doing. Talk to talk to me a bit about the Seven Sisters in America because it's uh-huh. the one territory where the Seven Sisters series and Lucinda Riley doesn't seem to perform as well as in the rest of the world. Um, and I don't really have any insights as to why particularly. So how I don't did you know. come across the book? Um, so our book club, the book club that I was in, the only reason I'm not in it now is because I moved. Um, we read some great books, but that's, you know, the people would be assigned every month and they would pick a book for the month of who, what we're going to read. And we just started with the beginning and, you know, every, 
I don't know how often somebody would pick the next book. And so we just read them all through the book club. I don't know. I can only answer for, you know, the people that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but everybody's loved them where we are. And like I said, right. I, I recommend them to everyone because they're just incredible stories. They are fantasy. They are, you know, crazy, but they're great stories. And, um, I mean, we love it here in Texas. I don't know. Oh, great. <laughs> I don't know about the rest of America, <laughs> but we love it. So I'm just very pleased with it. And I'm just very excited to talk to you today. Um, I saw online, I looked you up yesterday because this was very quick. I was not expecting you to respond so fast. I'm thankful that you did, but you have a radio show in the UK. Is that correct? Yes. And what yes. do you do on your radio show? It's well, it's for the BBC in the north of England. It's sort of um, generic entertainment, uh, talking to guests, stories from the week. Um, we have a segment, for example, called When Harry Met Sally, where I will meet a total stranger <laughs> called Sally. You know, I don't know where she's from, what she does, that is what her funny. surname is. And we'll just have sort of have a chat and get to know each other. So it's stupid, silly things like that. <laughs> and I saw that you do improv. Yeah, well, like this is great to be talking to yes, you know, an, an yes. American because improv is sure. huge there. Um, yes, uh, so we don't really have, I mean, I guess you're kind of, your way into becoming a sort of mega celebrity in the United States is you, you're you part of an improv troupe, right? You know, mm -hmm. Second City, Upright Citizens Brigade, right. and then you get on SNL, and then maybe you get to do a late night talk show or you get to be in the movies. Right. Whereas we don't really have, that's not an established path in the UK. We don't really have yeah. a sort of improv market. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we're one of the UK's biggest troops. We um, we have a British show here called Doctor Who. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm -hmm. It's about a time traveling alien. Yes. And um, we our most famous show is is an improvised episode of that. Oh, so wow. we'll go up and down the country improvising episodes of Doctor Who. And it's a very silly but joyous way to spend time. Sure. Laughter is important. Laughter is very important. Um, so can people watch any of that online or can they listen to your radio show online? Uh, I don't know about the radio show. I think there might be all sorts of, oh, if you use a VPN, I'm sure you could find me. Um, improv, I, you know, I don't think it would work online, would it? I think improv so well, about being in the room, yeah. being part of the moment, part of the event. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe they could just watch, you know, normal non-improvised scripted episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about writing? Are you doing any more writing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in in addition to Atlas, as I mentioned before, I wrote a children's series with my mother. Yes. Um, the way my year looks and probably the next few years will look is to give you a potted history of my mum. Mm -hmm. So she was an actor mm -hmm. and then she was struck down by a glandular fever-like illness, the Epstein-Barr virus, uh, and that meant she couldn't get out of bed. So she stopped acting and mum being mum, she thought, oh, I'll, I'll just I'll write a book, you know, it'll be fine. So she hand wrote a manuscript, sent it into an agent, got a three-book deal, which is very mum. <laughs> this is all around the age of 25. Wow. Um, and then in the UK, she wrote eight novels under the name Lucinda Edmonds, which were, you know, successful in the UK, but never sort of breached the global market. And then she stopped for 10 years to have two children with my stepfather. And she reemerged as Lucinda Riley in 2010 with her novel, uh, The Orchid House, as I think it's called in the States. Mm -hmm. And um, 
um, during her period as Lucinda Riley, she took three novels from the 1990s, which she'd originally written under the name Lucinda Edmonds, rewrote mm-hmm. them, refreshed them for a contemporary readership, and um, re-released them. So I have three novels from the 90s, which I'm doing the same for, and I will release one a year for the next three years. So sort of oh, wow. three to four months of my year is spent rewriting those novels, and okay. then the rest of the time is, is spent writing my own. Uh, which will be very different to Lucinda Riley novels. Um, <laughs> you know, my my voice is is more humorous, uh, mm-hmm. contemporary British uh, in the style of um, Nick Hornby, David Nichols. They're mm-hmm. they're authors I more sort of align with. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably what my writing year looks like. Yeah. Well, I look forward to reading those books. You know, I haven't read any of your mom's other books other than The Seven Sisters, but I'm going to have to look for those. Well, yes. I mean, she sort of established her own genre, really, which yeah. is the the past-present time-slip narratives, the interconnectivity mm-hmm. between between the timelines. And they're all very similar. All Lucinda Riley books have a past timeline and a present timeline. So if you like that element from The Seven Sisters, I'd heartily right. recommend any of them. Um, some of my personal favourites, The Girl on the Cliff. Uh, it's her most spiritual book. Uh, lots of it is set in Ireland, which was her home country. Yeah. Uh, so she writes very passionately about that. Um, the Light Behind the Window, which is not called there. It's called The Lavender Garden in the United States. is okay. fantastic. Um it's the resistance during the second world war set in paris great um and the midnight rose as well is another one of my favorites um set in the days of the raj and um yeah very special book yeah well i will definitely be looking those up um i'll be excited to read them is there anything that you would want to share about atlas or about anything any little tidbit you could give us that (laughs) maybe nobody knows a tidbit that nobody knows. You see, the problem is, you know, I've <laughs> spoken about Atlas so much. You're right. Um, you don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what secret that's left. Um, let me try and give you something interesting. I mean, one of the stories I always like to tell is, um, you know, it was so important for me to get the continuity right because right. readers have been on such a journey. And yes. not only did they expect it to sound and feel like a Lucinda Riley novel. You know, there can be no discrepancy in eye color or surnames or dates. Right. Um, And I worked very hard to ensure that was the case. Um, I wrote the novel from October, 2021 to October, 2022. And then it got sent off to the the 40 publishers. And because the, the works are translated into so many languages, it means that you've got 40 editors from all over the world and, I think it's about 50 to 55 translators, all of whom have worked on The Seven Sisters for the best part of a decade. Right. And it was a slow drip feed of emails, questions and comments saying, oh, Harry, um, on page 242, you've described, <laughs> you know, Miles having blue eyes, but actually, you know, on Seven Sisters, uh, book number six, page 121, he has brown oh eyes flecked with blue. Um, and it was that intravenous feed of editorial comments which nearly killed me um, because it, it meant, you know, finding all the mistakes in the 800 pages of manuscript, resending it out to the publishers oh. uh, and doing that for everyone. My favorite one, I think, was um, someone wrote to me, I think it was maybe Lithuania oh my or goodness. Latvia. And they said, um, Harry, you've got Tiggy having a cup of tea on whatever page 71 
uh, Tiggy's a vegan. And I thought, oh my God. So that meant that I had to go through the entire book, find any instance where the sisters were eating food. And if, you know, Tiggy was there providing some sort of vegan alternative for her. Um, so oh there you go. There's a tidbit for you. I cannot imagine that many different, because I know it was in a lot of different languages. It was published in a lot of different mm. So I can't imagine that many dealing with that many editors. That's why. Yeah. I mean, it's not really, lot. you don't really, so because you have your sort of UK editor, that's who you work from. This is more about continuity catches. The okay. role of the, the foreign language editor is essentially to um, edit the translators. Gotcha. Um, but because they're all of it, obviously reading it in English, you know, they and yeah. they wanted to make sure that things were corrected as soon as possible. Because I mean, the translators had a, a ridiculously hard job because yes. uh, it was published simultaneously around the world on the 11th of May, which is so hard to do. Yes. Um, and I think they only had about four or five months to translate 800 pages, which is ridiculous. You know, yes. it's that is a big job. Yes. Um, and arguably, they're the most important people. So I really feel for them, but they did a magnificent job, I think. I mean, I wouldn't know. I can't speak any other languages. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't know either. <laughs> but I am so thankful that I've been able to talk to you today. And I mean, this has been a treat. It really has. I have been so excited. <laughs> um, thank you for what you did with Atlas and for wrapping thing things up so well and just writing such a beautiful book. And I look forward to reading all the stuff that you're coming out with. I'm going to be looking for all of it. And I know that thank there you. are going to be lots of ladies excited to listen to this interview today. So, well, thank you so much for having me on because, Absolutely. you know, I rarely get to talk to anyone in America. So yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. And um, spread the word about the Seven Sisters. Oh, absolutely. I will continue to do that. I mean, I'm hopeful very shortly that the word will begin to spread by itself in America based on what might or might not be happening on the screen Right. Um, but I can't say too much about that. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Don't get me too excited about that. <laughs> that would be amazing. Talk about, well, it's happening. Talk about details. It, it's, 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 it's happening and it will be available in America, but I can't say any more than that. Well, that's exciting. That is very exciting. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful day and I look forward to reading what you've, you're putting out. Thank you, Shara. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Have a great day. Goodbye. You too. Bye. -bye.